beautiful. 2,700 years ago, the prophet Isaiah wrote, and you'll read it all on your Christmas cards, and it's written uh, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, and it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. If you're carrying the burdens of life, the Bible says that you were not designed to carry those things because the government would be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. In verse 7, it says, of the increase of his government. It's talking about the incremental influence of the kingdom of heaven upon the earth. There would be no end. And the peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From, not, from that time forward, even forevermore. Amazing scripture, isn't it? Written 700 years before Jesus was born. The people of the ancient world had seen kingdoms come and kingdoms go. We've seen a few even in our own time. There were the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Medes and the Persians, the Greeks, and now in their time, the Romans, the land of Israel and its people to whom so much was promised throughout all the scriptures. They had become what would you, I would call a hallway mat for all the great armies of the earth to walk through and to walk on. Certainly they wouldn't have felt like God's special or chosen people at that time. They had Roman law, they had Greek philosophy, and they had Jewish religion and throughout the world religions of every kind, none of which could meet the desperate needs of the masses and the cry of the human heart. But the Jewish people held on to an imperishable hope that one day born amongst them would come a deliverer, would come a saviour, would come a redeemer. Have you believed in him today because he has come? And the world was poised. And the world was waiting. It was almost like it was in birth pains and was waiting. And the world was now to receive a, a heavenly intervention. It's so desperately needed. Do you need a heavenly intervention today? It's there for us and each and every one of us. No one here need leave this place without that heavenly intervention. And that person is Jesus Christ. And that heavenly intervention, Jesus was not just given to the Jewish people, but for every tribe and nation and peoples of the whole of the earth. In him, the Christ, in Jesus, the nations would put their hope. Any people who have a hope and a vision, both futuristic, have indeed a future. Do you have a future in God today? 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul penned, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Glorious message, isn't it? She was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And it fulfilled some 450, at least 450, just that Jesus would come, fulfilled a, a 456 Old Testament prophecies of him just coming. Amazing. Not the entire of prophecies but just, return, just regarding the Christ. And Moses wrote in Deuteronomy 18, he said, the Lord your God, he said, before he departed, he said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. He said, him you shall hear. Do you have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying today? John's gospel begins in this way, and I'll go to John, uh, uh, John chapter 1 and verse 1, and he says, in the beginning was the word, so there was nothing new. He was there at creation. 
And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. This is speaking of Jesus. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Do you need a bit of life today? Message hasn't changed. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. It means there that the darkness cannot gain control over it. As much as darkness tries to squash light, it doesn't have that capability or ability to do so and can never eliminate light. Amen? Darkness can never eliminate light. Doesn't matter how dark it gets, doesn't matter how dark it may get in your life, it can never eliminate light. Our greatest joy today is knowing that the light is not only greater than the darkness, but will infinitely outlast the darkness. The light of God received in the person of Jesus Christ eliminates all that darkness. And verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. It happened 2,000 years ago, manifest in the flesh, Jesus in that place of Bethlehem. And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob goes global. Before it was just like confined to the Jewish people. But when Jesus came, the message of the gospel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob goes global. And, the, and at the end of Jesus' ministry, the apostles were sent out to go from Judea, Jerusalem, and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth in this gospel of peace. And that there is peace in no other person than the person of Jesus Christ. You may experiment in many things and may find temporary relief, but ultimately it will be a dry gully for you. I have found personally that the person of Jesus Christ will open up into a river of living water for you. Amen? It's a good message. And so the star in the east, mentioned in that beautiful song there, and it's mentioned in the Matthew chapter 2. In fact, if you want to go to the gospel messages regarding the birth of Jesus, you go to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20, and Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. The same story, different details, different accentuations. But there came a star in the east, and magi, or wise guys, came from the east. Amen? And they followed the star. And wise guys still do follow the star. Amen? Oh, sit under the star. A star is born. Amen? He's Jesus Christ, superstar. Amen? There's an old rock thing that came out in the 70s. I tell you what, Jesus is the man of the millennium, and the man of every millennium. Amen? Oh, it's a good message. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. And the two did. The star was a billboard, God's billboard to the nations of the earth, that things are changing. Genesis 1.14 said, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And it says, And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and for years. Signs and seasons and for days and for years. God uses the heavens as his billboard, amen? Not just that eight metre by four metre thing you, thing you see on the, on the highway, but he, the, God, the Lord uses the heavens to declare his goodness to the earth. And in the star of the east confirmed its significance. And the kings of the earth were put on alert, as were the people when the Magi followed those star from the distant land. It was no mean feat to travel from Persia, by camels, and they would have had a, a lot of armed troops in that they were kings in their own right. That's why Herod was fearful, and all the people were fearful when these wise guys rocked up with their military might and all their wealth to give homage to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it says, and a star, a sign was given, 
Wise men were moved by it, and wise men today still are. And they knew that a new season, a new dispensation, they knew that a new king and his kingdom was being manifested here on the earth. All darkness tries to squash it in every age, in every dispensation. There is nothing new under the sun. And what's going on in the earth today, where the light has been tried to be crushed or destroyed or silenced or cancelled culture says you cannot speak of the goodness of God in the land of the living or you can't crush the light of God. Oh, it's just like trying to crush a jam sandwich. The more you press it, the more jam spills out. (laughs) That's it. That's the message of the gospel, isn't it? You crush it, try and crush a man of God and more of the oil of God. Like an oil in an oil press, the more you crush an an olive, the more oil or more of the anointing spills out and touches people around it. It's a good message. In Luke uh, chapter 2 and verse 1 to 20, in Matthew's gospel, the same. It describes the birth and the details of Jesus' birth. It starts off in there. It says every... And uh, we know that a census was taken... And traditionally in the Roman world, every 14 years, a census was taken. And so globalism is not something new, amen? It's not something new. A census used for military and also taxation purposes, taxation is not new either. It's as old as man himself. And and every male had to return to the city of his fathers. So what was Joseph and Mary doing in, in Bethlehem when they lived in Nazareth? some 80 miles or some just under 130 kilometres away. No mean feat to get there. And uh, they had to take the motorway one through the capital Jerusalem, amen? Would have been a smooth road, I tell you. Joseph and Mary, who and uh, Mary was heavily pregnant, and they found themselves making their way from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem. And arriving in Bethlehem, they found there was no room at the inn. And it's an old cliche now. Do you have room in your life for Jesus today? The fact that you're here today, listening in online, tells me that that is so. There is room in your hearts for God. Oh, Jesus, this is a good message. Mary says to Joseph, there's no room at the end. Mary said to Joseph, didn't you book online, Joe? (laughs) Didn't you you get a BNB or at least lastminute.com? Amen. Mary probably... It just says, you see this beautiful Mary, picture of Mary sitting on the, donkel and she, on the donkey and she's polishing her halo. Amen. I think she would have been quite cross. Joseph, didn't you? Four planned in your booking.com. You could have used, used your frequent donkey points or something. <laughs> Please say so you did, Mary said. Joseph said, Wi-Fi was down, honey. You know what it's like out the back of Bethlehem? Good message, isn't it, eh? These are the day-to-day things that you don't read in the Word, but you read between the lines. And Mary and Joseph are just people, amen? They had feelings just like you and I. They had to work through some things. Rachel, uh, it's interesting, though, just a couple of things about the birthplace of Bethlehem before I close. Rachel, that is Jacob's wife, she died in Bethlehem. This is the place where Jesus is born. But Rachel, beautiful woman, she was. She was Jacob's favourite wife. Is there anybody here who has a favourite wife? (laughs) And she died in that place. But at the same time, her son Benjamin was born in that place. And Benjamin means son of my right hand. Isn't that interesting? 
In the Hebrew, there's nothing wasted. Not one word in the Hebrew is wasted. It's like a, pic a picture. It's like a cartoon. It's got a running commentary just in the meanings of all the words. It was also where King David, meaning the uh, beloved, that's what David means, beloved. Is there anybody here, David? Yeah, your, your name means beloved. I must remember that when we're doing the lawns together. <laughs> but Jesus was one of the lineage of David and referred to as Jesus, son of David. Remember that guy called out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of my beloved, that's what it's meaning. So in Jesus fulfilled both the beloved son of the father. And Jesus right now, he's no longer in a manger. No longer in a manger. He's no longer in a tomb. He's no longer on the cross, as a lot of people think. And is your Christian faith still just relate to Jesus on the cross? Well, Jesus died so that he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and there is a victory. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, he's coming. Amen. He's coming. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that he's got a tattoo on his thigh, and it reads, King of kings and Lord of lords, no longer riding on a donkey or any other thing. He's riding a white charger. Oh, he's the sovereign of the universe, Calvary's champion. Oh, yes. He's no longer in this cradle. So Bethlehem is also where the lambs without spot or blemish were bred. Did you know in the temple sacrificial system, there was a special town in the whole of Israel where the sacrificial lambs were bred and born and nurtured and cared for? And that was Bethlehem. Isn't that amazing? Bethlehem was where the lambs without spot nor blemish were prepared. And the beautiful lamb was considered, that was considered without spot nor blemish was considered to be a sacrificial lamb in the sacrificial temple system. And they were wrapped in a swaddling clothes, similar to the ones that they protected children with when they were just born. And they were placed also in a manger. And a manger could have been timber or most likely even stone. Archaeologists, and even in Israel today, you can see mangers which are made of stone. A manger is a feeding trough made of stone. You think, why make it of stone? If you've been to Israel, everything is stone. <laughs> from the top to the bottom, from the east to the west. And the history of Israel is written in stone. And you can go to these places and look for yourself. It's not obscure, it's not hidden. It's history, it's written in stone. And so Jesus was placed most likely in a crib of stone, wrapped in swaddling clothes so he would not be harmed, so he would remain a perfect, unblemished sacrifice to God himself on behalf of all humanity. Not just a, not just a mediator for humanity, not just a go-between, but an advocate, one who actively works on your and my behalf. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I trust that you have. Because you need to. The gospel says that unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That means you may not be used to that sort of terminology, but the Bible says it in John chapter 3. Unless a man be born again. That means receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world as described here. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, was John the Baptist's introduction when Jesus commenced his earthly ministry. Remember that? John and another one of John the Baptist's disciples said, saw Jesus in the distance and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And he is still that unblemished, perfect sacrifice of God.
As Jules comes to the keys right now, the other last thing I wanted to make is Bethlehem, pronounced in Hebrew as Bethlehem. Can you say that? Bethlehem. So Bet means Bet means house. Lechem means bread. It's beautiful, isn't it? And so Jesus was born in the house of bread. I'll go and read just a, uh, just a verse from uh, John chapter 6 and verse 35. Jesus said, it's written in red, it's good preaching. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. And so bread, you know bread is the most basic of all human sustenance. And basically if you don't have Jesus... You don't have the most basic of spiritual sustenance. Jesus is the bread of life. Born in Bethlehem, the place where they raised the perfect lambs. And he himself would become God's ultimate sacrifice to usher in an eternal covenant sealed with the shedding of Jesus' blood on the cross. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But he's made provision for you as an individual. You may be listening in online and individually we need to receive Jesus and the work accomplished by the shedding of his blood appropriated to your life. And you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, wash me clean with your blood. The ultimate sacrifice of God, the ultimate lamb of God and the ultimate sustenance, the bread of life. I pray that you stand to your feet right now. We see that the, the, the shepherds came into contact with one of the great angels. And they said, go and tell everybody what, about the good news. And it says, with haste they went. And so it was the first Christmas rush. <laughs> you can read it in the, in the gospel account. They ran, they went with haste. And there's still a lot of running around at this Christmas time. With great, and great Christmas rush doing a whole heap of things. Oh, but don't leave Jesus out. He is the most basic of your spiritual needs. He is your only. Jesus said, unless a man come to me, you cannot be saved. Amen. So salvation is found in no other than the person of Jesus Christ. And so in the word, uh, in the Old Testament, whenever it speaks of the word salvation, the Hebrew word is actually Yeshua. Did you know that? The Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua. And throughout the whole of the Old Testament, whenever the word salvation is used, is the word Yeshua. Can you say Yeshua? Yeshua. And that word translated in our language is Jesus. He is salvation. He came into the world to be our salvation. And when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you have that salvation. You are his purchased possession when you make him the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this body of believers who and people, Lord, who have come today. I pray the Spirit of God, just put out your hands right now, that the Spirit of God, just to receive a gift. Christmas is a time to receive gifts. 
It's, but a gift needs to be unwrapped. And I pray, Father, this greatest gift to humanity, the person of Jesus Christ, placed in the hands of every single person, bar none. You may be the greatest sinner of the world, but that is the miracle of the gospel. There is forgiveness to anybody. He says, I will in no wise cast out anybody who comes to me. Unwrap that gift today and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. Born in Bethlehem, the place where the sacrificial lambs were raised. But the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The sacrifice for your life. We thank you, Lord God, for this word. I pray, seal it on the people's hearts. And let the blessing and the peace of God rest upon every single person here. To those listening online, I pray for the blessing of God rest upon you now. And may you have a great, happy and holy Christmas in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just join us in worship for this last beautiful carol. Thank you.